Welcome to the Managing Miscarriage Podcast. I am Melissa Whitman, founder of the nonprofit One Generation and our current initiative, Managing Miscarriage. We help women through the heartbreak of miscarriage, and as a nonprofit, we run completely on donations. Our services help thousands of women, so please support us by donating through our website, managingmiscarriage.com. Thank you for tuning in. I'm here today with Ashley, who is a counselor and experienced her first miscarriage in December, and she would like to share with us today the change she's experienced in how she views her body and grief, as well as loss. So Ashley, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. So take me back to finding out that you were pregnant. Sure. Um, so I... Um have one daughter currently, she's about three years old. And so my husband and I had decided to try for a second child. Um, So got off birth control and uh, took a couple months, but did get pregnant. And I found out in October of 2017, um, was very excited, ready, um, very excited to have a, um, my expected due date was like the end of June um, in 2018. So was just, super ready, um, ended up telling our daughter, she was so excited. And, um, that's how we told the majority of our family. And she just kind of said, you know, I'm going to be a big sister. Um, and you know, we had a picture of the ultrasound. Um, we got our first ultrasound at seven weeks and six days. Um, and everything was good. As far as we knew it was, you know, saw the heartbeat. Um, the ultrasound tech was, you know, and the doctor didn't have any reason for concern. Um, so ended up telling a majority of our family, um, by Thanksgiving when I was supposed to be about nine weeks. Um, and then also, um, we told, um, the majority of our friends and family also through, um, we sent out a Christmas card and on the back, it said that, you know, our our pregnancy announcement. Um, so, um, if I can keep going. It's, uh, um, we had a, our next appointment, which was, um, I think it was supposed to be at 12 weeks, but it ended up being closer. I was expected to be like a day before I was supposed to be like 12 weeks and six days. So almost 13 weeks. Okay. Um, and so had no, you know, physical issues. I was still, um, still had morning sick or, you know, just general sickness and nausea, um, you know, aches and pains, just kind of general, normal pregnancy stuff. Um, and we went in and it was three days before Christmas. It was on the 22nd of December and went in, um, to have our ultrasound and it was supposed to be for the genetic, um, screenings to see if anything's going on. So they do an ultrasound and then also blood work at, um, I would midwife practice. And so they did the ultrasound um, and I knew as soon as she pulled it up, like I was very anxious in general, but it's um, and my husband and um, daughter actually got to be there also. So as soon as they pulled up the ultrasound, I was like, that's not a 12 week, almost 13 week baby. Just, you know, in my previous experience with my daughter and having ultrasounds. And I was like, that's not, that's not normal. That's not, you know, something's going on. And then, so, um, the person doing the ultrasound, I think, was a little bit more experienced, um, and I, I don't, I don't know. I know a lot of women who, you know, have have a miscarriage. Um, you know, the ultrasound tech does not tell them anything, 
And this woman was actually fantastic. And she went through the whole process and she did tell us there was no heartbeat. Um, so, and then, um, you know, we were just in complete shock because it was, you know, nothing had indicated that I was going to have a miscarriage or that the baby had died or anything, you know, had no physical issues, um, no bleeding, nothing. Um, so we were just like blindsided by that. And um, so we went from there, we went um, and the ultrasound tech um, basically explained, she's like, something happened along the way that something did not develop correctly. Um, and she could see on the, you know, that something had, basically she explained it to us as the, the liver at some point comes outside of the body and goes into the umbilical cord and then comes back down the umbilical cord. That's how she explained it to me. And then it didn't do that. It didn't come back down. So the baby had died around eight weeks and five days. So it was like less than a week after our first ultrasound. Oh. Uh, yeah. And we had gone basically five weeks without knowing and, you know, telling everybody and being excited. And uh, it was so, yeah, so that was kind of. What was your, <clears throat> so we'll get more into how your view of your body has changed, sure. but I know personally there was an instant, I don't know anything about myself. Mm-hmm. How did I not know? How does my body yes. not know? Did you yes. experience that? Oh yeah, I was like so. Oh, it just I was so betrayed. Like I felt so betrayed. Yes, I was like betrayed. How could you not um, indicate to me that something was wrong. Like that's what I was like. You know, I had all this um, anxiety during this pregnancy for some reason. Not you know because my my first pregnancy was like completely normal, and so I was like, I don't know why I'm so anxious about this. But and I was. Um, but I was like, well, okay, you know, I wouldn't be having morning sickness if I was still pregnant. I wouldn't be having, you know, but that's not always the case. You know, you still have that buildup of hormones in your body and there's still stuff going on. And so it was just, yeah, it was, I was so angry at my body for basically lying to me for five weeks and pretending, you know, that I was pregnant and I wasn't. Right. So what was your next step? So from there, we had, um, we went to, after the ultrasound, we were scheduled to have an appointment with our, uh, one of our midwives anyway, and it happened to be um, the midwife that delivered our daughter. So it was just kind of full circle that she was there and she was just very, very understanding and was, and gave us our options, which was basically Cytotec um, and, or having a DNC. And how she kind of put it, it was, I mean, it was three days before Christmas. And she's like, you were pregnant for, you know, almost nine weeks. And so she's like, there's going to be, you know, a lot of physical stuff going on. So if you do the cytotech, there, you know, is a good chance you're going to end up back in the hospital, like on Christmas, right? you, you know, um, and have to have surgery anyway. And so I was, I was like, not connected to what was going on. And I was just like, oh, oh you know, I didn't feel in the right mind to be making a decision. My husband was like, okay, well, let's do the surgery. And, you know, it'll, you know, it can be done within, you know, we got some information that it could be done within the next 24 hours. And then I could be home. And, you know, we could still have somewhat of a normal Christmas experience for our daughter who was, you know, also there and like, very confused as to what was going on. 
you know, and then I'm like having all these emotions and trying to explain it to her at the same time. So oh, you have to process your own and then you want to care for her and protect yes. her. And, um, and anybody who says that like children don't understand what's going on. She, I mean, she was a, a month after her third birthday and can, I mean, we still talk about it today about how she feels sad about it and stuff. So I think it's, if you have, you know, if any of our listeners have other children who go through that experience, I think just being honest with them and explaining to them, they because they they get it. Yeah, um, and they're perceptive. Yes, absolutely. Also, yeah. So you were able to have the DNC. Yes. Yeah, so okay. from there we went home, and they um my my like the care team was awesome. They uh she my midwife had called me by the time basically that I got home, and she's like, "What did you eat for breakfast?" And because my appointment was like at nine o'clock that morning. And so, um, and I said, well, I didn't, you know, eat too much. And so they were like, well, let's get you in today. You know, like, let's just do it today and then it can be done. Um, so it ended up being scheduled later that day at like four o'clock, um, which was it, I, at, this, at the same time, it was a horrible experience. It was also like, okay, let's just get it done. Like, let's all put it all into one day and then just be done with it and move forward. Um, so we... From there, we just went, ended up, you know, dropping our daughter at my sister's house and then going back to the hospital um, and checking in. And then it was a whole, it was a little bit of a wait because, of course, there's emergencies before you and other stuff going on. But the doctors were all very, um, I think the, the anesthesiologist was like, hey, I have to go to this emergency, but I will be with you as soon as I, you know, as soon as I can. And he's like, you know, we are all just here for you. You know, and that was like, oh my gosh, that was so nice of you to, you know, to like, even in that moment, I was like, okay, like you, you still care about what's going on. And I think that, um, and all the nurses were, you know, fantastic and everything and just talking about their experiences also with having miscarriages and, you know, stuff that they, you know, they've gone through. So just a kind of a support. Um, So from there, we ended up having the surgery and it was like, I want to say like 20 or 30 minutes max. And I was, uh, you know, I was in and out of the hospital probably within three hours, um, which, and from there just, you know, kind of went home and um, relaxed as much as I was able to. I didn't have a lot of physical issues afterwards. I barely had any bleeding, which I was um, very thankful. And the doctor had come out and spoken to my husband and he said that it was a good decision to have the because the amount of you know tissue and everything was just it would be very difficult to pass on my own um so I was kind of that kind of gave me peace of mind because I was doubting you know my decision and then you know wasn't quite sure if I should have used the medication um so yeah and then after that we just came home and try to live life and have, you know, like a Christmas. Christmas. Uh, Yes. Which was a good distraction, but also just horrible at the same time. Was everyone asking? So then how did you, because you had put it on your Christmas card, right? Yes. Um, So how did you broach that with everyone? So I ended up, like, I had called, um, I've had several close friends who've also experienced miscarriages. So like my first phone calls after I left the doctors um, were to them. And so they kind of, and I was like, and to my sister who lives um, close to me. And I said, you know, I was like, tell people, I was just tell people. 
I don't care how you tell people, just tell whoever you can or whoever yes. you want to. I was at that point, I wanted people to know, but not to have, not to ask me about it. Right. You don't want a conversation. Here's yes. what happened. I'm not talking about it. Here's the information. We're moving forward um, or moving you know, as much as we're able to. So um, actually after Christmas, I ended up, had gone back and forth about this, but I ended up writing a Facebook post. Um, and it's not, I don't know, I'm not a big social media sharer. Um, so that was kind of, but I was like, it, this is, I mean, it, it's the easiest way for the information to get out there um, and for people to know and to know that I'm not, you know, that I'm doing okay. Um, so I just had basically wrote um, a Facebook a post about my experience and um, and also kind of doing some advocacy work in there saying, you know, like there's so many women out there that experience this as one in four. Um, just be kind to the other people around you. You don't know what they're going through. Right. Uh, so I ended up doing it that way. And then I got several lots of text messages and, you know, just and support and stuff like that. And I was, you know, constantly in contact with some of the other ladies who had experienced miscarriages just to, you know, text them and get some like level of solidarity and be like, this is, you know, this is what I'm going through. And I'm, you know, the emotions that I was experiencing and um, just to kind of get validated on how I was feeling and that, yeah, that's normal. That's okay. That's, you know, that's perfectly okay that you're a roller coaster of emotions and crying all the time and all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't my, I guess by the best way to do it, you know, the way I probably wouldn't have wanted to do it, but it was the easiest way to kind of express that and get it out there. It really is. Yeah. 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 So what about how your views have changed around grief and loss? Yeah. So I think, um, well, and I think, you know, like I've always experienced like anybody who, you know, you lose people throughout your lifetime and it's kind of like that level of loss. And, um, you know, I haven't, I guess I haven't lost anybody close, like very close to me, like, you know, parents or anything, siblings or anything like that. Um, so this was just like my first experience with, you know, losing and, and it's not only losing the person or the aspect of it, but, and I know lots of women discuss this, that it's losing that hope that the future of, you know, what the possibility could be. Um, and so I think that, I think that adds another level for, um, to pregnancy loss because it just is, I think it's just about all about that, you know, what a baby brings. And, um, I guess to lose that, it just, it was just like, I don't know, it was another level of, of grief and loss. And I think you have another level of love for your children. Um, you know, at least that I've experienced with my daughter is it's just that, um, just unconditional love. And I think that, um, that just kind of opened my eyes cause I hadn't, you know, hadn't experienced that. And, um, I know, and of course I've talked to, you know, friends and family members who've had pregnancy loss, but it, I think it's just, it opens your eyes a little bit more when you experience it yourself and you get that next level of understanding. It really does. It, it's very different once you can completely walk through it Yes, and, and be there. Yeah. So 
where are you at today? How are you feeling? You know, you said physically you're doing well. Where, where are the emotions at? Is it a daily thing, you know, minute to minute, week to week? Um, I think it's, I mean, it's definitely gotten easier as it's gone on. Um, I think for me talking about it and, um, acknowledging it from, you know, even if it's just with one friend or, you know, a family member or something like that, um, you know, once a week or something, then that's, um, I think that has helped dramatically. It's still, I think it still comes up, you know, whenever you see, um, the, I'm not really excited for (laughs) my due date coming up which was in June. Yes, that alternative Uh, timeline that was supposed to happen. Yes. And so um, for I know a lot of women experience that where it's, um, well, I would have been so many weeks. And I do have those moments. Um, Actually, one of my really good friends was due two weeks prior to me. And so when I see her, it's just like another, um, you know, like I'm very excited for her, very happy for her. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, I would have been right along there with her. Um, and, and I also have that experience of looking back and looking at photos or, you know, experiences. And then I was like, well, um, I thought my baby was alive at that point. You know, I thought that I was okay at that point. Um, you know, looking at pictures where it was like around Thanksgiving and I was like, okay, I was nine weeks then. But I really wasn't nine weeks because I, you know, the baby had died by then um, and I didn't know it. And so I kind of. When, you know, and looking back in those memories and then also looking forward to, you know, some of the the future timeline stuff, I think that that brings up, you know, a whole host of emotions. But I think it's definitely gotten easier as time has gone on. It's not um, a daily emotional breakdown like it was. Um, and I was very lucky. I had um, at the time I was working for a school system. So we were it was actually that Friday was our first day of winter break. So, and I had my appointment then. And so I ended up having close to 10 days off um, after having the DNC. So it was just, and I didn't like, didn't have to go to work, didn't have to leave to go anywhere. Um, you know, yeah. And that I know from, you know, talking with other women, that's like not <laughs> the case at all. Usually <laughs> women go back to work and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how I would have done that, you know? So I think that also kind of gave me an opportunity to to go through that experience and heal some of that. But then I also had to come back to work 10 days later and then people were asking me and then I was like, okay, well, this happened over my winter break, you know, like that's, you know, that's what I experienced. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It was horrible. Um, So I think that, yeah, it's still, it's, it's still in every, I think it's always on my mind at some point or another. but it's it's definitely easier or it's gotten a little bit easier. Good. So, Anything else to add for the people listening? Um I would just say, you know, it, it doing whatever makes you feel better in the moment. So for me it was, you know, finding podcasts and um like like this one and listening to other people's stories and their experiences, and then also talking to other people about my experience. Um, I think that at the same time, you're, you know, with any grief or loss that you're acknowledging that relationship with that, that being um, in, in one way or another. And then, um, 
and then people are aware of that and then they can also check in with you and acknowledge that. Um, so I think that I'm, you know, for me, that was what worked and I know that's different for every person, but, um, and then also I think listening to your body, um, I think I had some inclination, you know, at one point or not even looking back, but I think throughout the pregnancy, I knew something was not, um, right. And so I, and I kind of put it off as my anxiety, um, which it, at the same point, it definitely could have been, um, but it was, I think I, I knew I actually, um, when the day of my miscarriage, I looked back and realized the week that I found out that I was pregnant prior to even taking a pregnancy test, I had a dream, um, where a very pregnant me was telling like present day me. So me in October of 2017, um, that I was not going to meet my baby earth side. Um, and it was just, uh, and I was like, I woke up from that dream and I was like, oh, that's just, you know, that's me being anxious. But I think that was me and my own mind knowing that something was not going to work out with this pregnancy. Um, and and not not to say that all of those dreams that you have are, you know, accurate, but I felt, you know, looking back, I was like, okay, I really felt like that was at least part of me preparing me for knowing that something was not going to, to be okay. Yeah. Uh, It was very, it was very strange. I've never had a dream like that before. So it was. Um, very unique. But um, yeah, I would just say, you know, listening to your body and then also just doing whatever makes you feel, feel better. (laughs) Doing the self care that you need. Absolutely. I completely agree. Ashley, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing your story so beautifully. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for this podcast. It, It really did make a huge difference in my life and I'm sure in many other listeners. I'm so glad.